I'm Brian Carpenter, host of Fresh Air at Five, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of the EdTech Distilled Podcast. My name is Adam Geisen. With me each and every episode is David Large. Dave, say hey. Hey, what's happening? What's going on? Each and every episode. I'm recording a podcast. What are you doing? Oh, wait. Is that what we do? That's what we're doing. Yeah, it seems like just two guys chatting, but instead... Uh, we record this and put this out on the internet. We sure do. Uh, for better or for worse. Uh, mm-hmm. With us tonight, we are super excited. For some reason, we Aunt. keep landing the most in- interesting and talented and smart people in the ed tech world. Tonight, we've got with us John Carippo. Uh, John, say hello to the listeners. I'm, I'm already baffled by the introduction. So uh, <laughs> I, it's, uh, I, I live with a female person who's a principal of a school and she has never called me smart recently. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm always, I always love this because people are like, Oh, look at John. And I'm like, Oh no, not at my house. <laughs> and when you, and when you bring that home, I'm sure that she's like, Oh, uh-huh. okay, that's fine. You need to oh, do this. So right. I, I, yeah. I, imagine if you'd written three Amazon bestsellers and your wife has read none of them. <laughs> 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 I uh, age nine and goes, I know this, and then uh never another word. (laughs) Right, right. I've already heard this. I was about to say, I'm sure it's not news. Uh, But Uh, those three bestsellers are uh, the Edge of Protocol uh, books that we uh, we're obviously going to talk about here in uh, the podcast. And if you are in, you know, if you're on Twitter, if you know what's going on in the ed tech world or just the education world uh, in general, the Edge of Protocols have absolutely popped up. So we're super excited to talk with John this evening uh david was even saying he used ezra protocols today 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 wow. the craziness. i need to get a badger like where it says i voted there should be i use protocols today <laughs> you should. I know. we're gonna get we're gonna get that sticker printed yep. out and i'm gonna give it to all the teachers i literally so, yeah. just made that up Perfect i think it's a great idea you marketing that now yeah. marketing genius that's right uh, before we uh, before we get into that brilliance, we're going to go through uh, a few things that uh, John and I have noticed over the last few days or weeks or however long um, in, again, in, that we think is new and interesting. And we're just going to kind of run through a few of these. Um, like we yeah. said, John, feel free to jump in there. Um, what's your, whatever a, you got. Let's do a combo of moldy oldies and uh, greatest hits. That sounds like a great a, idea. So first we're going to go. Uh, Billy Eilish-ish stuff, too. What, there you I think that's perfect. Well, we're going to start with an oldie, uh, and I don't know, John, if you are a baseball fan, um, but we here in the St. Louis area are enthralled with the new Cardinal uh, who has just rejoined the team, Albert Pujols, and we're, we're actually really excited. As much as I know that this is a uh, probably a ticket sales ploy, 100%. Um, and uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit less about baseball and a little bit more about nostalgia, oh, yeah. uh, but I freaking love it. I'm so excited. I well, got nothing. And, and I got nothing. <laughs> I, I, I had a really bad string from the age of nine to eleven when I didn't know I needed to wear glasses, and it really gave me a bad outcome with baseball. 
literally within <laughs> left field and the ball's coming right at me. I put my glove out. It's like something from the sandlot. The ball lands four inches short of my glove. And the whole team's like, nice. what are you doing? Uh. And I, I didn't know I needed glasses. So, yeah, I'll just listen while you guys baseball talk. That's it. Well, <laughs> that's it's, pretty it's, much the baseball yeah. talk. It is. It's all nostalgia. It's nostalgia bait for all of the metro. I, I will people. say, I do love the nostalgic side of baseball. Absolutely, uh, especially the Bugs Bunny episode. One, two, three, strikes, you're out. <laughs> absolutely, I, I do remember that. Absolutely, yeah, I love the, the Sandlot. Uh, I love that. Absolutely, movie. Just, I have a we show that to my daughter for the first time. Game. Mm -hmm. I frankly, I, I, I pretty much stopped baseball after the Ron Say Steve Garvey Dodgers. Those guys okay. wrecked it for me. Okay. It's like the you. difference between country music now and Merle Haggard country uh, music. Oh, yes. Like it I used gotcha. to be just a bunch of guys who liked to play baseball. Now they practice. What I is know, that? Right? Yeah. So it's it's a it's a different sport now, and that's cool. But um, I, I'm really I like the old days better. Yeah, we well, and the old days we're talking about are like the Last middle two thousands. <laughs> like, yeah, not right? that not that far. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it is it is still nostalgic. I mean, my uh, you know my kids were young when Pujols was on the team, and that's it's pretty neat to see him come back. Uh, you know, he for what he did in his later career, um, you know, has just gone overshadowed by the other young players. But it is kind of neat to see him come back. I don't know. It's just there's something kind of cool about uh, yeah. about I'm, reliving I'm the old days. Laps. It's like when Joe yeah. Namath went to play for the Rams. And Absolutely, like, well, you're done, bro. But that's it's right, still yeah. Joe Namath. Uh -huh. That's right. And and Pujols is on. I mean, he could, if the stars align, he could hit 21 home runs this year, and hit 700 total for the season for his career, right? Which is a pretty big deal. And I think he would pass a Rod, would he not? I, I mean, I think that's the kind of thing is if he hits 21, then he'll bump a Rod and kind of be the number two guy all time. And so, so we'll see. So that's of course every talk radio show has been about how what? well here's how he can get to 21. Wacky end, so. didn't he? Yeah, one hundred percent. They all kind of do. So if we can get all the way through this season and nothing happens to him, and he still stays, you know, a celebrated feature or a, a figure in sports, that would be nice because we haven't had one of those in a long time. Uh, all right. So enough of the baseball talk. A couple things that um, popped up for me, uh, and I'll just run through mine if that's all right with you, Dave. If you don't mm -hmm. mind, go for it. So one thing that I found um, popped up kind of in you know the the sphere of emails and things that I got is a new web-based video editor. It's called Runway. Uh, and I throw, again, I'll throw the link to uh, this uh, application in the show notes. It's not free. There is like sort of a trial at the beginning. But the thing that I love about it, and, this, and it's really the thing that um, the like the freer versions of Wii Video is missing, um, is really impressive green screen stuff. And, and you don't need a green screen to record it it'll do like you know those websites that remove backgrounds yeah. and those types like of things what i'm doing with my google meet right now yes that's exactly not actually there's not even a screen back there that's just going for it but it looks like you're in the mountains yeah. and, and i that's don't pretty understand cool. i don't understand your needs because i'm a final cut guy so uh, I, well see and that's just I it because yeah. edit yeah but the very right. first there is a unicorn aspect to online video editors yeah it's been there as a mirage like it's right. gonna work it's gonna work someday right. it'll work someday it'll right. work and we video is really good i um, think it's great yeah uh it's it's really good but it's it's always like it's always something just a little farther out it seems like yeah well and i think there's you know there's a limit to um you know what people 
who are going to be using WeVideo are really going to need to do with their videos. Right. You know, if you're talking about, um, you know, a person who is used to Final Cut, WeVideo will never match up. Um, no. Same same thing with iMovie and kind of all of those. And I think I think Runway might fit in that category as well. I, I'm sure that it doesn't have all the bells and whistles. Um, but from what I kind of messed with, it does have uh, the ability to, to cut out backgrounds and put other backgrounds on top of it, which, again, oh, when you're talking about... that in TikTok, so if you have right. a dedicated video editor, it seems yeah. like it's a thing. Right, maybe yeah, it's that's a, becoming... Maybe it's just a white label of uh, TikTok, that's all it is. It very well could be. Yeah. Um, something I was messing with, I thought it was kind of cool, um, yeah. so I'm shooting that out there. Now, again, if you're in Illinois and you're worried about SOPA agreements, I don't have a clue. I didn't look that up. Um, so I'm not necessarily promoting this as something to use with students, but maybe with student projects um, that you hear, might do you on your own. And some like on the under student, uh, underage student thing. You sure. Hear, yeah. I know an, ac an actual district that does this. Uh, I'm not going to say their name. <laughs> Are you guys familiar with the term in loco parentis? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what does it mean? Uh, I, I believe it means acting parent or. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, their I was gonna say crazy says, parent. Is that not right? Their yeah. language. Says, that their lawyer says they can have kids sign up for anything they want because they're telling kids they need it at, at school and local. Yeah. Mm. So now which the, the data which sharing piece, this? that's a different piece. That's California, right. which as you know, we're yeah. plenty litigious out here. Uh -huh. yeah. Well, and that's, that's been the problem with this whole privacy protection stuff has been, it's no one's gotten in trouble yet in, in yeah. Illinois, at least. Well, and, and so I have a second thought on the privacy protection you know? too, because I think the privacy protection now, uh, if you guys will remember, there was a time when uh, uh, there was a big push to, uh, oh, Google's not secure like Microsoft. Mm -hmm. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. That was actually a group of lawyers floating that to see if it would go. It would and stick. then it didn't go. Huh. Because it turns out that when you look up Microsoft's UL, EULA for education, you know what it says? All data will be protected by your school district. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm Microsoft kinda... basically abandoned ship on that. But a few lawyers got together because they had a vision. Watch this. This is just my theory now. So embargo on with, uh, you know, like it's, <laughs> this is John's head. Um, in, your, in your Gmail account, do you know how you'll type in Nike or something? And then in mm -hmm. your Gmail, you'll have shoe heads. Right. Right. There were a bunch of non-educators who thought that was happening to kids in Google oh. at school. Yeah. Okay. So if you ever do this, try logging in as a student and type in Nike mm -hmm. shopping. Literally nothing shows up. Right. Hmm. But yeah, they that's were true. seeing it through the lens of uh, if all the kids are getting this, it's horrible. Yeah. So they ran around all over the place doing that for a while. That didn't happen. But then the second one is, there's a group of parents who are worried about a similar type of thing of information tracking. Mm. But let's say that you're logged into um, Renaissance. What data are they getting? Yeah, I don't know. Not they're much. Getting your first I mean, and last. They're getting your username email. and password. Yeah. Right. They're not right. getting your Visa card. They don't right. have your social security number. Right, right. So a lot of this is, uh, t t sorry for the awkward phrasing, but it's trumped up. Uh, sure. It, there's not an actual thing there. Right. That's no, been, I agree. That's been our discussion, too. It, and there's yeah. not an actual thing. That's been our discussion, too, has been, it's so interpretive. What does this even mean? Because we, we've not even been told in Illinois, what is student data? Right. You know, most of us are think we right. interpret it to be, 
passwords, right. names, but all these e- lawyers emails, and, but... and the people that are doing the rabble rousing are seeing it as a person of the internet. Right. When you're a student, you're behind a heavy duty firewall. Everything yeah. is screened. And except for the grade book, which I would highly encourage that to be <laughs> right. uh, well, sensitive, yeah. but for something like uh, quizzes or Kahoot, what the frick are they getting? Right. Well, and even if you, you know, we talk about the Google account, um, the only thing that's in a Google account and the only information that's public is the information you put in there. So if you just put first name, last name, like that's right. the only information that they're going to get from so probably 70% of right. right the apps that kids sign into you know and you're right about like the student information systems that's where that's where the gold is but i don't know of a school district that doesn't use a web based like student information system nobody's that. got yeah. a server <laughs> right right i mean right. nobody's got their stuff in house anymore you know we and even in that account we don't have any student payment information like we couldn't access a, te- a, a parent's credit card if we wanted to. No, we don't. We don't either. It's it's all it's addresses, you right? Know, it's names. Yes, it's numbers, that social like that. security numbers right. would be but in no, there. No, you're. Exactly uh, but not right. of the parents, just of the kids. So I don't know. It's uh, you know, it is such a it, it's such a gray area of what it is that we need to you know really be worried about and right. and not be worried about. Um, right. You know, but today well, it's, it's even the, it's these. It's these, uh, and I don't mean to call them fringe people, but they're on the fringes of education, right? Where they're positioning themselves as protecting the kids, right? But what they're doing is sucking up all their superintendent's time on stuff that nobody needs to do, right? And <laughs> right. That's a great point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right? And my superintendent how would many totally emergency cheers meetings to that. We, how mm-hmm. many emergency meetings have we had about student data? Just student yeah. data. Student data. Right. Dude, they're right. not getting their visa card. They're right. not getting their no. driver's license. Uh, A, they don't have one. Uh, they're not getting their social security number. So as long as your Google uh, student account and your SIS are pretty clean. Right, right. Uh, the, yeah, the, those are the, the big The cahoots ones. of the world are not going to, Nearpod's not going to screw your account right. up. What, right. They're not getting anything. So. Right, right. That's my take. Yeah, no, totally agree with you. Um, you know, and and uh, with this year, we had this big push, uh, which which in in the state of Illinois, it's SOPA or SAPA, which is you know I'm sure most states, California, I know has one, um, but it's the same type of thing. We, we had to have a written agreement, yes. And I think yeah, right. we got to have a we got to have our own word because yes, <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> but uh, we had to have written agreements with all of these organizations, like right. you know, saying what data they take and and what they do with that data, and and a lot of it seemed totally unnecessary. Some of it is is totally legit. Like I right. mean, we we Makes need sense. to have one for yeah. like our SIS and, and, I'm, and I'm clever. I'm we're sending parents teachers. Yeah. teachers yeah. I'm, I'm not saying don't be cautious with students. Right. But there is a reality bar that we have. Right. To check. Now, Absolutely. You know, totally the agree. first way that I used student email, my principal came to me because I was the kind of guy that would do whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, I want you to do this thing. It's really cool. It's called, uh, it's called uh, student email buddies. And I was like, wow, that sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah. So, there are long haul truckers that are going to join this and they will email with your kids. And I was like, did you just, (laughs) (laughs) and this was your principal was super excited about this. this? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, Bob, you hear what you just said, bro. Oh my goodness. And they want us to make hotmail accounts. And I was like, Oh God. Well, you know, and I, and I will say it's funny when, when Google Docs started becoming 
a thing. So that would have been like 07 or right. 08 or something like that. Right. I did have, I taught senior English at the time and I did have my kids create Gmail accounts so that they could create, yeah. you know, do the documents and share them right. with me. And, you know, at the time I wasn't, they were using fake names as long as they're like real name and first, first name and last name was in there, but they weren't putting anything else in there. Right. But I wasn't concerned about student data at the time. So yeah. luckily we got rid of that. that made they sent fake emails to Google and said, I'm the principal of the school and I need a Google domain. I had a bunch of friends that did that. Yeah. Did they get them? Not for free, surely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh. they did. They had, they had their own. Um, that's funny. They had their own Google. I guess that's true. Yeah, that's kind of how it started, yeah. wasn't it? Huh? You just asked for it. Yeah. Well, now everything costs. So. Well, yeah. speaking of Google, I'm going to shift gears for just one second to my Good. to my next thing, which again, this may be a long topic too. Uh, but Google just re announced that their Google Messenger is now going to be compatible with iMessage uh, on the iOS platform. Now, compatible no is in quotes. I'm an iPhone guy, so whatever so, you Android people need is fine. I, I'm right. iPhone too, so this I'm is, this an, is now I'm an Android guy. And my kids are I'm like my whole family is Android because um, really because of like peer pressure and bullying from from me. Uh, no, <laughs> it's uh... <laughs> show them the Sapa and see how that goes. Yeah, yeah did exactly. you get a written agreement from? <laughs> from I sure didn't. I uh, I just told them all this is what we were doing. So yeah, uh, my wife is fine with it. My kids are a little less fine, and and it's because of this honestly. Like the only reason they wanted we just switched phones and we talked about switching over for them to. Go go to iPhones. Um, but the the Do process it. of switching was Do more it. of a problem. Yeah, uh, why? Google. I, just switch your cans. Make the yeah, jump. They they didn't want to give up some of the free the snarky the, hidden, the, yeah some of the stuff, stuff? That, that they can do and and on their phones <laughs> oh they're um, full of crap you can't there's not all this magic stuff you can do on an android they liked it um wow. the thing that i can't get over is um and and they kind of saw past it too is the whole this iMessage lock-in issue which again we could go both directions with it um because google can't make a decision about what messaging service it wants either. Um, and so they can't compete with iMessage. And so in order to try to compete, they're just making their own messenger, Google Messenger application sure. um, more compatible. And so it's like they'll you'll be able to see the icons and you'll be able to see when people are typing and you'll be able to, you know, the stuff that you can't get right now. Are you going to get an emoji? Because me emojis. Yes. Oh, okay. I don't know. Uh -huh. Maybe. Uh -huh. I don't know. Somehow I've lived my life so far without one, and it's been okay. Uh, but we'll see. It's not that big a deal. We, are, <laughs> we. What I'm really interested to see, though, is if iMessage changes their color thing, because like that's the big oh, yeah. thing that. Because I think they should definitely be ousted to some degree. Like, it, it, you should be. It should say, "This is not a cool person. This is an Android person." <laughs> All right. Red. <laughs> yeah. <theme> music. <laughs> Hey, I was at the iPhone rollout with Steve Jobs. Oh, no. Wow. At really? Macworld. Yeah. So luckily, oh, wow. Macworld used to be in San Francisco. It's only a three-hour drive. And my office mate was like, we're going to Macworld. And I go, okay. So we went to Macworld. And then at 11 o'clock, he said, we're going to bed right now. And I said, it's a little early. And he goes, no, we're going to bed right now because we're getting up at 2.30. And I said, why are we getting up at 2.30? 
He said, we're going to go see the uh, keynote with Steve Jobs. So I got to be in the room one time when he was keynoting. It was pretty rad. That is pretty cool. I'm sure it was. I was all. Yeah. And it was really stupid because we sat in line for like three in the morning until eight and people would bring by donuts and it was kind of a festive atmosphere. And they opened the the little doors and we're going in and I'm like, oh my God, we're going to be like the 10th row. And then they stopped us, and like nine thousand VIPs went in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the back, like, oh, okay. we're gonna oh, be was, in there though. Yeah, it was cool. But That's awesome. Yeah, did John you Mayer get like a, a couple acoustic songs? Did, wow. Said, uh, yeah, did you get said, like uh, a, a black... Apple's kind of the opposite of terrorism because it was right after oh, wow. 11. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Okay. That was wasn't yeah. it? Did you get a black tank or a black turtleneck to wear around? Like the, the, that no, kind of became the no, and I don't do the new balance either. You no. want to know the real oh. story on that? You want to know the real story? Sure, um, sure. I'm all so about real Steve, stories. In his early career, Steve went to this is from the Walter Isaacson bio. Uh, and bear in mind as I tell this story, uh, school only thought I was 83rd percentile in reading comprehension, so I'm going to bust that right now. <laughs> um, so uh, Steve Jobs went to Japan when they were ramping up on the Apple IIs because they wanted to do a, like a robotic factory thing. They right. wanted to be like crazy okay. automated. And all of the different teams wore different uniforms, like an aircraft carrier. So like on an aircraft carrier, the white shirts, that's medical. Mm-hmm. Yellow is deck handling. Mm-hmm. Red is ordnance. Well, Steve Jobs goes, and you know him, like he's into organized, right? So he walks in and he's like, oh, this is so awesome. So Steve Jobs goes back to try to explain this to his own staff, and they laughed him out of the room. And so the black turtleneck and New Balance was his passive aggressive uniform for himself. So every time he put that on, it was an <laughs> FU to his staff. Oh, wow. Those wow. turtlenecks were made in Japan. They were like, it was like a t-shirt type turtleneck, right? It wasn't a sweater. He paid like 290 bucks a piece for those or something. So oh my gosh. Some, that's why he was so hardcore on that look though, was yeah. he was saying, it was his uniform. Hey, you guys, this mm-hmm. is still a good idea. You dummies. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's funny. Huh? Yeah. I didn't know that. That really cracked me up when I read that's it. That's awesome. Uh, and that's why we have the smartest people on this podcast is to learn cool stuff like that. Exactly. Uh, well, what, Dave? You've got a couple things. I, <laughs> <laughs> I I have two links. Check them out in the uh, show notes. I just had the opportunity to work with a uh, with a school district on moving towards a more gamified uh, approach in their classroom. And uh, as I was kind of perusing for different resources, I found an awesome tool that kind of breaks down gamification from the ground up. So if you're looking to gamify and if you're somebody who has read like some of the Meehan and Matera stuff or, or you've gone down that road and it can be a little bit daunting to think about just totally shifting your classroom away. There's a great little article in there about uh, it's what we based our discussion off with this group of teachers and on how to get that jump. And I just thought so many teachers want to do that, especially at this point in the year where I feel like engagement is waning and kids are starting to, you know, just kind of check mm-hmm. out for the year. And, 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 you know, we've, I, I, I'm feeling it too. I'm feeling definitely fatigued. And so, you know, if you're looking for something new to try with your kids, this is a great thing you can start introducing. And then there's an, also a uh, link to a bunch of tech tools that I had never heard of. Yeah. I've looked and at that. Those are pretty cool. They are very cool. My, the low earth orbit one is my personal favorite just as a space guy. Um, but again, just just some resources you can check out. I did have two um, techie science articles in there that are kind of neat. Um, the first one is for from Hacker News, which is a forum, 
And uh, it has a fantastic discussion as to why there's no legit Google search engine competitor out there right now. Um, so there's, there's other search engines you can use, but there's no alternative to Google. And, you know, depending on your age, you grew up with things like Ask Jeeves or oh, you know, uh, Alta other Vista. Alta Vista. What was and the dog that's one? You had to be a manly man to explore that's right. the internet. <laughs> that's right. You needed to know <laughs> Boolean terms. That's, oh, God. <laughs> no man that takes whew. but they That's uh funny. it talks in the 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 discussion is very interesting because it talks about why there's only one google and it, it really kind of drills down on the fact that the second that somebody kind of outthinks what they're doing they just buy it out and assimilate that into what they're what they're hmm. doing because they have so much capital so so they're um, like the borg they are the borg <laughs> they uh they <laughs> resistance is futile that's right um, and then the other one in there, just I know we had talked in season one a little bit about um, some of the different uh, 3D printing to make like food. So they're 3D <laughs> printing like consumable food. Uh, like there's that. this company that is currently working on making animal free egg whites. So they're basically replicating egg whites that are as nutritious. They can survive, you know, being cooked and consumed in extreme places. So if people are on a submarine or if they're in space, you know, and they're on the ISS and it goes into the process of how they're doing that to make it more animal friendly, but at the same time, yeah, the same egg whites that we all enjoy. So just a couple of neat articles, uh, some, some interesting things that are kind of out there and are percolating around. Hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. Your whole 3d printing of the chicken thing still kind of freaks me out a little bit, but <laughs> this thing, might man. be a little better than that. Yeah, uh, uh, that was you an interesting. 3D print me a double thick porterhouse. Yeah, probably not. You can, but it'll be like slightly purplish in color. It's not the way that chicken looked, man. Mm -hmm. That chicken looked like legit chicken. Yeah. Though. Did they even? They did like uh, print the the grill marks on it or something they too? Did. Didn't they? It, did, yeah. it like looked grilled. Yeah, that's so weird. And it the, and I mean it's an amazing idea if you could get the nutrition down the same way uh, you know what a neat thing to be able to do in places where people need food you know what I mean right. like yeah. just, just to have absolutely thirty with a big blivet full yeah. of <laughs> random junk and you hook it up to the printer and awesome. it's Star Trek yeah it it's like Trek. it's like the new version of uh, the astronaut ice cream and it is I used to yeah. love that stuff when well, I did space too. camp. Oh, oh yeah. so Do you good. guys it's remember? Nobody remembers astronaut bars. Do you guys remember those? That's old Astron right there. No, bro. I don't. So I think it was Nabisco. They made things that are basically, it looks like a beef stick, right? Okay. And they were called astronaut bars. I don't even know if they show up on the Google anymore. I see you, Adam. I see what you're I'm doing. looking right Your now. I got it right here. Yeah. Space food sticks, it says. Yeah. Like, okay. Oh, those, right are, those are a big thing in 72 for about three years. Oh man, and, and somehow ice cream has persisted. Uh, it's the they, kids just love eating that stuff. Like it's just the man. way that they eat it. You Look know, at me, it's I'm so, a spaceman. They just eating, love it. It's just a sugar-based beef stick. Just, <laughs> oh, the weird. astronaut ice cream is hilarious because we'll 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 uh, we take our kids on this big field trip where they get to do space camp, and when our students are eating it, they're like, "Oh, how amazing! We're just like astronauts." And then they get that aftertaste from mm -hmm. the dehydration, and they're like, "This is terrible, Mister Lurch." Like, well, you know, but you're just like an astronaut, so eat it. Yeah, yeah. parents paid for it. So. Here's the next ice cream for... is eight thousand miles away. Have That's right. That's right. <laughs> that is uh that is there's another blast in the past we can, we're doing all sorts of uh nostalgia talk tonight we, we talk talk you want to talk more about nostalgia stuff 
yeah. I recently started replaying the original Doom from the 90s, from like 95. Ooh, that's hard on the eyes. So that is hard. My yeah. my uncle and I used to do, uh, we used to play it together. So when I was like 12, he brought and set up a LAN party for me and my buddy so we could all play doom 2 on a bunch of pcs <laughs> and that, that's wow. old school right yeah right uh, okay and now so... if we're going there i used to have a bunch of emacs do you remember the emac it was like a giant imac with a 17 inch screen oh, okay okay i had uh, seven of those in my classroom with the original tom clancy's call of duty which the oh. tom clancy part has gotten lost over yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i forgot like, it was tom even, clancy you couldn't even jump all you can do is run. <laughs> turn and run. <laughs> yeah, turn and run. And we Ethernet them together. And we, when we went on overnight field trips, we took them with us and had gaming tournaments. That was in like 2002. Man. That was good that's, stuff, though. That sounds like fun. Good stuff. I still remember one of my favorite video games uh, when I, we used to play in college. We like borrowed my dad's laptop because he was like one of the first people I knew that had a laptop. And so we took it to college, and he had a game on there that, so I don't even know what it was, but it was like a flight. It was like a fighter game, but it was a fighter game that was like realistic. So you had to take off from the from the carrier, and then you had to fly like you had to fly like seven hundred miles someplace to bomb something, and you like literally couldn't speed it up. You just had to sit there. Yeah, you just sit there and, and, and wait to get like there. <laughs> was it was it global thermonuclear yes. war? I don't know what it was. Was it when you logged in? I then still a dot don't would know. appear. Yes. A dot would appear, and yeah. you'd be like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, here it is. Where'd they go? They're, they're gone. It's only four hundred miles out. Would it say? Would you like down. to play? Oh a game. my god! Yeah, we used to love that though. But you'd sit there, you'd get up and walk around and come back, and like, "Oh no, I'm still two hundred miles out from my target." It was hilarious. I used to play one called. Uh, it was actually George Lucas's Secret Weapons of the Luftwaffe, S W O L. And it was all these experimental German planes. I was playing that on a 16 megahertz PC. Oh, and wow. you can imagine the frame refresh was so oh, slow yeah. that you would see a plane over here. And then it would you'd see one full frame of it. And then it'd be gone. No one listening to this has ever played all we had, bro. TIE Fighter or X-Wing back in the oh, day yeah, that was a good one mm -hmm. but that's the one that i would always play on my and i, I was jack because i had 16 megabits of ram to run that thing so that nice. was legit that's pretty serious that's I power that's powerhouse yeah. right there no you know I spent it, 120 it, bucks to take my mac classic from one to two megs of ram and i was big killing time. it <laughs> i was on fire oh man <laughs> well hey speaking of the old days um, this is our sort of standard question for people we have on uh, on the podcast. Uh, John, tell us your educational journey. And you wrote on here that it's a doozy, oh, so I'm excited. Oh, yeah. it's a doozy. Do you mean as a student or as an educator? Whatever. Whatever you want, yep. How did you get to well, where you are now? So I, I'm going to try to make this as concise as possible because I could really go. But <laughs> my bottom line was I didn't like school. But I remember in high school thinking, you know what, maybe a PE teacher would be kind of a cool job. And I ran that by my dad, and he said, you won't make enough money. And I was like, okay, dream over. And so then um, I played college football. I played at Fresno State. And uh, we had a coach that was really into, like, Sun Tzu and strategy. Our head coach was really cool that way. He was into oh. brain science. And I learned a lot about learning. So he talked about spaced repetitions. He talked about um, uh, 
muscle memory and all these different things that really benefit us. Long story short, I got married to a teacher and um, we were at the age, you know, like remember the ages of like 22 to 26, like every other weekend you were at a wedding. You guys. Absolutely. Yeah. And so at the wedding, I got stuck with my wife's uh, boss who was her former high school cheerleading coach, who was her assistant superintendent. And so after about nine weddings, he had recruited me (laughs) into teaching. And so this is pretty funny because April 1st is my teaching anniversary. April Fool's is my teaching anniversary. Yeah, the first day that I I long-term subbed. And and it was like within two days, I was like, oh, my God, this is what I do. And uh, all those years of playing football made me realize I only did that so that I would be mentally tough enough to teach so that I would understand teamwork. So I'd understand collaboration. All my Cooch Sweeney stuff was coming back to me about spaced repetitions and, 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 uh, and format and all those kinds of things. So to make a long story short, I taught there for a couple years, got tired of doing a really call, a long commute, moved up to the foothills where I'm near Yosemite. Now um, I've been driving like, you know, an hour and a half each way every day. And my wife's Holy like, that's cow. over. Yeah. So, um, did about six or seven years there, went to work for Fresno County Office of Education as an ed tech consultant, did that for a couple of years, got tapped to open a brand new high school in a district that had never had a high school. And so the, literally the superintendent says, what are we doing? I said, we're starting at nine. Mm-hmm. And he goes, why? And I go, A, the research says it. And B, right. all the other kids are getting on the bus at 645. I will fill your high school. <laughs> I let him right. start at nine. Right. And then he said, okay, what's next? And I said, we're going Google and Mac. And this was back in 2007. Mm-hmm. And he says, why? And I said, because it'll give us a four-year head start on everybody when they finally do go one-to-one. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's the best way to learn without textbooks. So went like that. Did that for a few years, about six, I think. And then um, went to Mariposa County Office of Education and uh, was the assistant superintendent there. If you don't know where Mariposa is, Yosemite's in it. Here's some fun okay. trivia. Oh, wow. If you're the assistant soup, you have to meet with the park president of the park director like every three months to talk hmm. business. So I was getting paid to drive to Yosemite every two months. Plus, hmm. there's a K-6 school about 300 yards from the base of Yosemite Falls. So part of my job was to be up there at least once a month. It was it was a really cool time. Oh, wow. Um, it is cool. And then the, the Q job opened up. And so I went and did a director of professional development there. I was at Q for about six years. Um, I ended up as the chief in, uh, innovation officer, chief academic officer. Anyways, chief something. And then last year, this is where it gets to be a doozy. I demoted myself. I took a sabbatical from leadership. I quit the Q job and I went and taught sixth grade last year. Oh, wow. I'm going to tell you what. It was a thing. I think every administrator should do this Mm -hmm. because I had so many weird ideas I wanted to try out on human children and I did them. I made a whole bunch of new stuff and it really, I can speak with a level of confidence now when I'm talking to teachers that is unassailable because I had... 18, 20 years in the classroom before. Right. But now right. I can say, I did it last year during COVID. Right. Oh, and by yeah. the way, we had the Creek Fire at the same time. So SEL-wise, I'm managing kids that have never met me in real life online. Right. right. 
and their homes are burning down at the same time. And we were in and out of distance learning seven times. Holy cow. And I'm going to tell you guys what. I'm going to tell you what. We grew 100 points in math and 100 points in language arts. And we had fun. And we can write. And we can do math. And it was a good year. So that's that's my super short version. I could tell you a two-hour story about any one word in that, but <laughs> I'm not sure the listeners wow. are ready for that. That la- <laughs> that's crazy. That last year. And, that- oh, and then now I do protocols full time. So okay. I'm just supporting the books and doing the PD full time. It's been yeah. awesome. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that is really. I mean, that's quite the decision. I uh, I, I have a hard time imagining most of the administrators that I know taking a sabbatical and going back to teach. Right. Like just being in the classroom. Yeah, but isn't so, that the essence of what we do? Absolutely. I would so why would you say agree? I don't want to do it? No, well, I don't know. I mean I, think about that. Think about yeah. that statement. It's a it's a problem if I, you don't I, think you want to go back to the classroom. If I would happily if the classroom was something you pass through to get to admin, you might want to move into another field. Uh, because yeah. John, what you're, we you're do speaking is truth, man. What we do is pedagogy, bro. Yeah. You're speaking truth, man. This is literally a conversation I just had about uh, we are in a major sub shortage in the state of Illinois and mm-hmm. how more admin need to start popping in the classroom yeah. to sub, stepping up if for an I hour If I was the two. king of the world, it would be mandatory that every administrator in every district office subs at least one full day or they lose that pay for the day. Like it's got to have teeth or they'll tell you they're busy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I couldn't make it. I had a thing. Oh, yeah. no. Teaching is what we do. And I'll tell you what gave me that that passion about that. It's really simple. Uh, my dad was in the Marines. And in the Marines, everybody is a marksman mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. The cooks, the everybody is a fight-capable person first. In the, in, the, um, in the Air Force or in the Army, you can have people that are specialists. I just type. I don't understand all the guns. The The Marines are only about 700,000 people. They are not a big enough force to have the luxury of specialists. But that's also part of what makes them better mm-hmm. in tough situations. Um, and just hmm. like if, for people that don't have a military background, in the Ukraine thing right now, the reason it's a big deal that the Russians are losing 20,000 guys or 25,000 guys, whatever it is, what people don't always understand about the military is that a, a military unit becomes combat ineffective with about 30% of their losses because 70% of each combat unit is truckers and cooks and, clinic, and clerks, and they don't fight. Mm-hmm. So it's, you don't have to lose like the Russians attacked with 180,000 guys. Once they lose 25% of that number, they're done fighting. All the fighters are done fighting. Uh, in World War II, I think if I've got the number right, in all of World War II, something like 9% of the U.S. military actually fired a weapon. Hmm. Huh. Like out of 10 million people, only 800,000 did anything in terms of shooting. Hmm. So it's, it's a big... Understanding those nuances matters. So I'm going to try to apply that logic to teaching. If our superintendent hasn't taken over a classroom in 20 years, if our assistant superintendent hasn't been in a classroom that was under Common Core or No Child Left Behind or hasn't done standardized testing 
how can they have empathy for the task? That'd be like having a restaurateur that doesn't eat food. It's not going to end well. You're 100% <laughs> right, man. I've heard that you have food, but mostly I'm just watching the cash register. Right. That is not going to end well as a restaurant. Interesting. And I, th I think sometimes, depending on how far out you are from the last time you were there, you really can be out of touch with what kids are like. You know, like you said, the superintendent who's been 20 years out of their classroom, I mean, kids are different than they were 20 years ago. And, you know, Actually, families are different. My experience was they're not. The kids are remarkably the same. Um, my experience was that the task has changed a lot. Like, I'm pretty yeah, good fair. with efficiency. Sure. And, um, oh, my gosh, the kids and I were magic within two days. No problem. Sure. The, the, but keeping up with all the stuff, that was hairy. That yeah, was that's, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I cried myself to sleep the first two weekends, but then I got my crap together. By November, I was kicking ass, but it was, it was, it was a transition. Hmm. Most of it was me being nervous. Yeah, I can see that too. Absolutely. That, so, so how did the, I mean, that's, we kind of got a little bit off topic, but not really. How, how did, uh, how did the edge protocols then come out of your experience? But I'm so, assuming they started a long, yeah, long time ago before the books yeah, ever happened. The right? protocols, I started in about 99. I'd been teaching for about three years, and I mm. loved teaching, but I hated lesson designing and being observed and sure. correcting. And uh, in a fit of tears one day, I was like, I got to come up with a system here because this is crap. And I was correcting 14 or 1500 pieces of work a week. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to do this for 30 years. This sucks. So I, I bumbled into one thing. And the original protocol was really the eight parts protocol, where uh, since I can't gesticulate for your fans, I will <laughs> attempt to explain it. Um, basically, imagine this, though. It, it's really good. And the DNA is held up. The textbook gives us a week of nouns followed by a week of verbs followed by adjectives, a week of adjectives, <laughs> right? Adverbs. All right. So let's jump back into the sports metaphor. Hopefully your listeners are sports people. What kind of, uh, how is Ohio state going to do next year? If they just do run offense for a week, how's that going to go? Mm. And then no, next week we'll do just passing. And then the next week we'll do just a two minute drill. But we're only going to do each one for one week. How's that going to fly, you guys? Mm. Yeah. So the idea with eight parts is we're going to do all eight parts every day for four weeks. So instead of doing any one for one week, we do all eight for four weeks. That's 75% more reps. Hmm. So Yeah, the, I'm thinking the, back to my old grammar days, and I'm, that's true. I mean, that is pretty much how we used to do it. Because that's yep. what so the textbook the, the had. part that makes this really interesting, though, is that I show the kids a meme or a GIF or a TikTok video that is hilarious. And then I go, let's go. What are some nouns? Squirrel. What are some other nouns? Fence. What are some other nouns? Bird. Okay. What kind of squirrel? Daring squirrel. What kind of fence? Rusty fence. What kind of bird? You know, and so I just scaffold them through. Hmm. And the first day, I really literally give them the answers. And the second day, I'll give them one noun, one verb, and I go, what else you got? And then they get into a flow, 
right? Mm -hmm. So it's I do, we do, you do, which is good teaching. Mm -hmm. So we do eight parts just like that. It's like every day, boom, and then write a paragraph. Boom, write a paragraph. Boom, write a paragraph. And and then there's live feedback because I'm walking around the room. I know which Davids and which Adams to stand by and check on. And so I'm <laughs> work, work in the room. We do that for about, uh, we do that for about three to five weeks. Same thing every day. Faster, 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 faster. But we're doing, again, to use the sports metaphor, I'll go baseball now. You can't just do batting practice on Wednesdays. Right. You are going to get destroyed. You can't just do your relays on Thursdays. You're going to do everything every day. So here's all eight parts of speech. And then the scrimmage is write a paragraph. But it's all based on a hilarious picture. So like Adam's writing about people that fart again and David's writing about sloth and nobody cares. We're having a great time. Mm -hmm. right. But we do that for about three to five weeks. How do I know when it's time to stop? Here's when it's time to stop. You ready for this? When the whole class gets above 90% on the Friday quiz, we will stop. Because hmm. I want a football team that's 90% or better, right? Right. So then I have a follow-on activity called sentence parts. And now we're going to take that same funny picture. We're going to write a declarative, an interrogative, a exclamatory. We're going to write those four. Then we're going to do four lines of dialogue. Then we're going to do compound, complex, a positive, and semicolon. And then we're going to go there and there, where and where, title of the picture. We're going to do like 21 sentences. But it's about a hilarious picture, right? So the kids don't mind. And then process is the same. Day one, I give them all the answers. Day two, I say, flip your paper over. You can use your stuff from yesterday to cheat. And they're like, oh, yeah, I love cheating. So then we do that. <laughs> we do about 20 skills every day. That lasts until around Thanksgiving. After that, my kids can write pretty much anything. And I've mm -hmm. only really needed two main activities to get there. So that's the basis for protocols. There are things you can do over and over again. Mm. They're tech friendly, but they're not tech required. Like, for example, mm. on eight parts and sentence parts, really all I need is a projector. I usually have the kids just do it on paper because it's fast. Mm -hmm. But then we've got these other variations like thin slides. Are you guys tired of waiting for kids to finish their slide? Because pretty much everybody is. So a thin slide goes like this. One word, one picture, three minutes, hit it. Today's word is monogamy. <laughs> that'll get some interesting responses uh, today's word is reverse osmosis today's word is parallel today's word is slip strike fault today's um today's word is operation anaconda from the civil mm. war so i don't teach anything i unleash the kids on google images and they attempt to find things and then they have to make a claim give evidence or uh, their, share their reasoning. And the reasoning of saying, I picked this one because Adam had the one I really wanted is still fine. And then each kid presents for four seconds. So three minutes to build, four seconds per kid. Dude, in five minutes, everybody's presented. Hmm. But I don't say present, I say share. Because yeah. when I say present, they freak out. Everybody right? freaks out. Share. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? They're fine. But my kids are going to do that three or four times a week, maybe five times a week for 36 weeks. They're going to gut your kids when we get to the finals. Because hmm. my kids know word art. My kids know how to do outline images. My kids know how to do layers and orders. My kids have explored all the fonts. Right. My kids know how to why you don't do a background. My kids know all that stuff plus all the academic content. And so that's 
That's that's like the nucleus of protocol. Hmm. And the, and the genius part of that is, like you said, you're not teaching one single thing at once. You know, it's it's I'm all integrated. 10, in it. things. Yeah, and that's and how many of us live holistic. through this when. When the state standards came out, I had a whole bunch of OCD friends that were like, look, I put all the standards in a spreadsheet. 1.2, 1.3, 1.4. I go, bro, you're not going to get anywhere like that. Right. We've been doing 1.3, 1.4 for 20 years. You mm. know anybody that's winning with that activity? Exactly. Because there's no cohesion. Now, that's where I'm going to say another resource. You guys should check out Dumbing Us Down uh, by John Taylor Gatto. And uh, I literally cried after I read the seven step the seven lesson teacher chapter because i realized that i was subconsciously doing all the things that he said teachers were doing that hurt kids well i'm we're looking at we're both of us yeah. are scrambling yeah, yeah. looking up right I know, now. I see that. what so um if you look up the seven lesson teacher by john taylor gatto by the way gatto was the new york state teacher of the year twice he is qualified wow. to comment and basically, uh, I'm going to look it up too. Hold on, yeah. And it's a it's fascinating to read. But I'll I'll just read the headers for your people that are joining us uh, via audio. How about this? Um, here's the first one. Here we go. Uh, the first lesson I teach is that I teach confusion, everything out of context. I teach the unrelating of everything. I teach disconnections. I teach too much. The orbiting of planets, the law of large numbers, slavery, adjectives, architectural drawings, dance, gymnasium, choral singing. Even the best schools lack a close examination of curriculum and its sequencing. Where if you ask any group of high school teachers why they're not working collaboratively, they will tell you they are too busy. What is better than collaborating if you're a human? Uh, second one, uh, let's see, where's the second one here? Class position. You must stay where you belong. I don't know who decides that my kids belong there, but that's not my business as the teacher. The children are numbered, so if they get away, they can be returned to the right class. Mm -hmm. In any case, that's not my business. My job is to make them like it, to be locked in with children who bear numbers like their own. Or at least endure it like good sports. You guys, I'm literally crying at this point. I'm mm -hmm. like, I do this. The third lesson I teach is indifference. I teach children not to care about anything too much, even though they want to make it appear they do. I do this by subtlety. I do it by demanding they become involved with my lessons, jumping up and down, competing vigorously for my favor. It's heartwarming when they do that and it impresses everyone, even me. Students never have a complete experience except on the installment plan. Oh my gosh, it just goes on and on. Mm -hmm. It's hunting. But basically, if you want the less aggressive version of that, um, you can look up uh, The End of Average by Todd Rose, which just came out about four years ago. And basically, he's saying that we don't understand how people work in education. Uh, the guy that invented the bell curve uh, was... Um, Hold on. Darwin's cousin, Sir Francis Galton, he invented eugenics, you guys. Oh, God. Oh, man. This is the guy that <laughs> popularized the bell curve in British schools. You know why he said to do it? To preserve British whiteness. Ooh. Oh, my God. And the idea of the bell curve was 
if you mash up what Gatto's saying about praying at the altar of the teacher and being the teacher is so important, right? Uh, that's why the little kids bring presents to the teachers. They don't know why they do it, but they're supposed to. <laughs> so if you match that up with Todd Rose's research, what's happening there is the big machine is training kids to be consumers, to go with the flow, to take the safest path, to do the normal thing. And what Rose's research shows is that almost nobody gets there on the normal path. I've literally had 40 or 50 superintendents in a room before. And I said, how many of you were 4.0? And at least half the hands did not go up. Yeah, and then I said, I how many of you are below 3.0? And a quarter of the hands go up. And I go, how is it that we stand in front of kids and tell them they have to get a good GPA to get a good job? Think about that. My best GPA in high school was 2.94. But what do I do for hmm. a living? And I referenced this earlier. What does the school say my reading comprehension level is? 83%? Hmm. I'd say I'm above 83 based on my real world performance. Hmm. I didn't want to read about a borough that had lost his uh, uh, <laughs> child. <laughs> Or, you know, Serape or, uh -huh. you know, these pulpy, who, where is right. Huggles? I don't want to read that crap. Right. I had a subscription to the military book club when I was 10. I was reading about B-17s and Medal of Honor winners. Hmm. And they're handing me books about two boys that go hiking. I'm like, whoop-dee-doo. I'm reading about hmm. real life, bro. So my low grades had a lot to do with um, the fact that school wasn't contextualizing what I needed. And then school judged me thusly. And I ended up at a junior college because I wasn't on the cool track, which actually I'm happy I did because Fresno City College was incredible. Yeah, there, we've got some local um, like community colleges in the area. And I I always tell people that is there is no shame in no. starting no, I'm gonna out. I'll tell you what, when you and... go to a junior college, you're not going to get a researcher for your teacher. Exactly. Right. Or your TA is not going to be the teacher. You'll get exactly. an actual right. teacher. We, we just, yeah, that's a good um, point. one of our local community colleges is working with our credit recovery kids just today, just today. And I blew my mind how well they work with those kids and how much they do for them compared to our experience with a few bigger schools. So yeah, you're spot on. 100%. Mm. So, I mean, we can sit here, John, all night. I know I'm sure you're busy and. It's like two hours later here. <laughs> We're like nine <laughs> o'clock. My family's falling asleep. Well, and I, uh, I, I understand what the distilled thing is now that I have the visual. So I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's a double entendre. Yeah. It's, right. uh, we, we break it's, things it's down, but clever, we also sure. right, drink distilled things. But um, so what, what do you have coming up next? You've got, you got four books on Amazon. We're going to obviously um, link to those in uh, the show notes. Um, I'm assuming you're, doing tours and, and promoting the book, like you said, um, yeah, so, what else you got uh, going on? What I, what I do now is I consult with school districts and I go mm -hmm. in and I actually do demo classes. I've been in 146 classes this year as the teacher. That's a lot. Not just visiting. <laughs> right. I go and I take over, bro. I'm like, okay, get up. Here we go. Word wall. Mm -hmm. What are we doing? Arrays. Go, go, go. So I literally take over the class and model for teachers what the tempo and what the look and feel is. And it's amazing. I've also gotten really good at TK3, which that was a weakness for me. Um, the next thing I want to give you and your listeners is a free tool. Uh, type in edgeprotocols.com slash class. 
writing this down. And then there's a little click there, and then it'll ask you for your email. The random emoji generator. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a whole lesson mode around this. Uh, look in the upper right. What's that mm -hmm. say? So it's free templates and resources. Uh, uh click on the emoji. Oh, I got to click on the, oh. the emoji yeah. generator. I got right you. Yeah, okay. yeah. All right. So the animate and show timer. Yeah. Well, you don't worry about the timer, but click animate and then click main idea. Okay. And then emoji two. Ooh. And then emoji three. Ooh. And then emoji four and emoji five. So this is free. And what oh, I'll do, awesome. I'll put this up on my screen and I'll tell the students. This is from another great book, Pinkert's Practical Grammar, P-I-N-C-K-C-K-E-R-T. And he taught me in that book that a, a, a paragraph is as long as you want. It's not a certain length. And he taught me that the most important thing of a paragraph is to pursue an idea, which is remarkably what none of my sixth graders could do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because they've been doing the hamburger, the hamburger, the hamburger, right. the hamburger. So they don't understand what it's like to, like, it would be like a basketball team that had only been zone and trying to make them run man. It's not pretty. Right. Like, what? I got to stay here. No, it's not zone. You got to go. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll give these kids and they can hit the refresh button. We'll, That is pretty uh, funny. We'll, we'll, um, Give them five random emoji, and their job is to string them all together into a paragraph. Now, if you click uh, on the little hot dogs on the upper left, mm -hmm. you'll see one that's called story emoji. Now we're adapting this to the classic somebody wanted but so then. Mm -hmm. And so the, the idea is high creativity. I can easily get graders to do three of these in a half an hour. Easy. Easy. Oh, yeah, because they're, they're fun. Jamming. Now, yeah. I will use either like Google Forms or Socrative to gather their answers, and then I share the answers. They can see what they did in real time. Now they're all trying to impress each other. You should see the energy. I mean, it gets where it's cooking in mm -hmm. a classroom. So that's, uh, that's another protocol called the Random Emoji Power Paragraph. And the big goal, again, is you start with a main idea. You extend it through the other emojis. And part of the fun is even I don't know what's coming. Right. And then the last sentence is somehow bringing that paragraph to a conclusion. It doesn't have to end the event, but you're setting up a transition or something is closing up. And it's really fun. So that's one of the things that I've been doing. We're going to start pumping all of the protocols into this app at some point, And I'm really excited about that. Hmm. Um, the other big news one is we're doing a summer academy in Laguna Beach. Um, we're going to have two full days in Laguna Beach of uh, protocols. We're bringing all the authors in. So the sessions will all be done by all the protocols authors. Mm -hmm. And then Dr. Sonny Magana, who I can set you up to have him on the show. He's a really fun guy, too. Um, he wrote a book called Disrupting Classroom Technology. And his hmm. research his research shows that when you add technology to a classroom and you don't change the pedagogy, you get about a 20% student slide. You go backwards. So like imagine if you've ever had a teacher say, how would I teach reading without accelerated reader? Mm -hmm. Boom, nutshell, yeah. right yeah. there. Well, we used to teach reading before accelerated reader. So if I take it away, and that's just one example. How about interactive whiteboards that nobody interacts with? 
like there's all these things. But if you don't change the pedagogy, what happens is the student learning actually goes down. So Sonny's going to be there talking about his T3, which is all like Marzano and Hattie approved really cool stuff. So we're mm-hmm. going to be the school rat literally can see the beach from the classrooms. Yeah. And it's next to a state park. (laughs) Sounds nice. And then we're going to stand. We got a super good price on the local Marriott and we're just going to geek it out for two days. And then people that go through the whole experience will end up being uh, what is considered an edge protocols hotshot because they will have done all of these different activities and it's going to be a lot of fun. That's late July. That's awesome. Yeah, that does sound great. Yeah, this app looks good too. Uh, yeah. Maybe I need a broadcast. Hey, team. you know, if you whatever you need, if it's mm-hmm. if it's near a beach, I am on board. Well, Even I'll, if it's I'll not just, near will, a beach, I'm on board. I will start here. I will start here. <laughs> if you guys showed up, you would get free registration. So oh, there you go. Can oh, I, know. I can definitely arrange okay. free free reg is totally doable. Well, we're gonna. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Putting it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> we uh. Uh, yeah, that sounds like a great opportunity. I know, I know yeah. tons of teachers will take you up on that. And I sure. love the app idea too. That, that yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to make, we're going to do some things that are, I, I don't want to give it away too much. I'm trying sure. to get Steve jobs mode, but we're going to mm-hmm. do things. This is not going to be like Kahoot and it's not going to be like, uh, let's say uh, canvas, right? It's going to be an, a, a pedagogical tool. So like Kahoot is just a quiz. We're right. talking about pedagogical activities. Yeah. I I think it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, anytime people can take these ideas and see them and have them kind of ready to go, I think that's part of it too. You know, the whole, your, your whole, uh, you know, mantra is work less, teach better, yeah. work teach, less. Teach like better that's work exactly less. it. Yeah. And again, to yeah. use the, the coaching metaphor, if you go to a summer camp and you learn how to do the run and gun or a squeeze play or whatever, it's a package. You take that package back to your team and you run it right, and then right. you make it your own. Right. And then right. all of a sudden there's not to run a gun. You got the pistol. So like Nevada's making the pistol for Kaepernick and you're, but that's the mindset. My mm-hmm. classroom has 20 or 30 packages and based on what the problem is, Oh, look, I'm gesticulating again. Uh, based on what my, based on what my needs are, I'll roll in certain packages. You're not going to run nickel. If the offense is on the three yard line going in, right. you're going to run right. So yeah. different situations, you run different things. Well, it sounds like you've got a busy schedule coming up. I, yeah, uh, indeed. That's, that's a lot of really great stuff. I know it's, I'm sure that while it's great to be in the classroom teaching sixth grade, I mean, some of this stuff is pretty exciting too. Um, yeah. So that's, well, it that's was cool nice for you. It was nice to test drive stuff. Like yeah, it right. in the back of my head. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But then I, I got one last one if we're wrapping up. I got one sure. last one I'll share with you. Have you ever done a big project and then you go, oh my God, I got to grade this freaking milk oh, crate? Absolutely. Crap. Of course. For oh, sure. Yeah. Maybe not this weekend after all. So I had the exact same experience this year. I We did a great project and I'm into immediate feedback. Fast feedback is my jam. And I'm looking at this project going, bro, there's no way I'm grading this this weekend or next weekend. So I started thinking, how can I cook this up? How can I make it a little better? So it's really easy. The the title of this one is called For the People. And it got named because I was talking to my friend and she goes, that For the People protocol is really cool. And I go, what's For the People? She goes, that's what I thought you called it. And I said, it's the perfect name. (laughs) So, So basically, you guys know what a gallery walk is. Sure, right. Not that everybody knows that. But mm-hmm. what I added to it was this. Everybody, so I put the kids, there's four projects, four kids, right? 
So the kids would move around in groups of four. So they had to visit two different stations, each with four kids and four projects. But what I added to it was a Google form. So they would say, my name, project number. I give it this out of 10 for technical accuracy. I give it this out of 10 for their facts compared to mine, right? All those kinds of things. And uh, all of the grading got done in Google Forms for me, bro. Hmm. Then all I had That's to do was cool. sort by project number. I did the sum and the average. I screenshotted them all their feedback. I put, uh, you know, one thing you would change. I didn't say something that was wrong. Right. One thing you would change and one thing you liked. I screenshotted that. By the way, all the grading was done in 35 minutes. Okay. Hmm. So after school, I, I sorted. I sent every kid their stats. I'm gesticulating again. And then the next day when they came in, I said, you got 20 minutes to fix or change anything you want. Ready, go. And then when you're done, bring it to me for the final look. So I made project-based manageable because one of the things people forget about project-based is you got to grade the project. Right, right, right. Grade the and, project, explain But what the does project, Hattie yeah. say? What do Marzano say about students giving students feedback? It's the best thing you can mm, do. Yeah. The kid who was a straight A for me, the kid who I looked at his and I was like, A, done. It's an A. He was at my desk first. Nine out of 10 kids said they can't read the blue words I need to reprint. <laughs> I want that kind of revision mm -hmm. mindset. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And the coolest thing about the revision mindset, like you said, is it, it gives kids the opportunity to understand that sometimes revising isn't being critical. It's not being negative. Right. You know, it's, it's, right. it's a good thing to, to, no, to it's iteration. That not yes. errors right yes. so but i'm making iteration natural it's what yep. we, we vibe on it so about three weeks later we had finished our minecraft mars bases do i want to grade those hell no mm. <laughs> even because i've looked at them for 30 right. hours while right. i'm walking around exactly. so what i did on that was each mars base had like 10 elements which i knew was going to swamp the kids so watch what i did pull down with all 10 followed by a likert pull down with all 10 followed by Likert. So they get to share whichever three they thought were the best or most, most interesting. We didn't need to grade all 10. So they worked in table groups and they said, I want everybody to judge this one and I'll tell you about it. And they would score. Next thing in my Mars, I want to show you this. So each kid picked their favorite three and walked the other kid. Do you know how much crosstalk was going on? Mm, yeah, I'm sure. Tons. It was sure, crazy. Yeah. Guess what I was doing? Drinking Starbucks. Right. Hang it out. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you, I think the thing that I like about it too is as far as the grading goes, because I know, I mean, teachers get really caught up on on grades and numbers and that kind of thing, and that you're kind of letting that control go and letting the kids, I mean, it is the kids doing the grading, but, but also not. Like it's... You're also part of it. it that's an interesting because a lot of times teachers will just be like, well, I just got to grade those. They'll sit in the stack until I get to it. But the difference is I, I made this project and I push it out to the kids and I don't walk around. You know what I right. mean? Yeah. And, and but here's another is, subtlety is if you tank your project, everybody knows. Right. Yeah. Right. Every, right. It's awkward. Yeah. And I I would find and the kids were hard graders. Mm -hmm. they, they are they absolutely. Oh, yeah. oh my they God. were giving each other like threes and fours. <laughs> yeah, oh, you got to back off on that I, one, little bit. No, right. it's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. 
I was like, do you know what the term Russian judge means? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anytime we had uh, peer review with our like presentations, they were always so much lower than I would have given them. Mm-hmm. That that or when you let them. So that's why I love doing that. Have. I love they kick each other's butts, right? And then I pull them off of each other. So I'm like, whoa, hold up. <laughs> He's in fifth grade, bro. <laughs> well, th- that and and just like like you said, the iteration process. I I know a few people who work in the tech field, and that's all it is. It's just iteration after iteration after iteration, and taking feedback. And it just blows my mind sometimes that that's that's really not yeah. a learned skill and, and always. Think you about know? the paradox here, David. Is the paradox is teachers say they're too busy to grade projects, and I'm like, bro, you're right. not supposed to. It, right, what you're exactly. Supposed to be is an expert at creating a framework. Where right. kids grade each other's projects, right? Because I've already given most of the grades before the final project. I'm giving them grades for notes. Right. I'm giving them grades all for the paragraphing. Mm-hmm. All the steps are where the right. grades are. This is just the fun part. Yeah, you facilitated it. Like this yeah. is now, yeah. And exactly. if I do a great job facilitating, nobody's going to get lower than a B. They won't right. all be exactly. perfect. Right, right. That's what I learned from teaching video. I already know what the project's going to be by the time they play it. I've seen the video seven times. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm like right. this part's funny. This is good. Uh, you guys still didn't fix the audio. You're killing me right now. Mm-hmm. Like I know what's coming. I know what's coming because you got to be plugged in with the kids. Here's a here's a quotable, and then we can close her down. I hate grading, but I love giving feedback. That's true. I mean, hopefully that's most teachers. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second one is I have a high tolerance for crap in the beginning of projects. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why in protocols, we're all about reps and being iterative because I know that the first one's going to be pretty crappy. And again, flashback to football. The first day we can't even get in the huddle. Do you guys remember that? Oh, yeah. Coaches are screaming. By the fourth day, that's not a thing anymore. We've moved right. on. So you've got to, you can't just say, oh, that's it. We're not going to have a huddle this year. We're just going to skip that unit. <laughs> you can't do that. Right. Just go and, line up wherever you want. Yeah. Yeah. Just, what, you guys are horrible at this. We're going to the next chapter. That's funny. Can you imagine a, a guy at the first game that can't still get in his stance? That's right. going to destroy the whole game. So I'm using that same kind of mindset in my classroom. You got to have that base really solid. You got to be able to write a sentence. You got to be able to write a paragraph. You got to be able to give me a compound or a complex or an appositive on demand, or this year is not going to go well. We got to get that right. Yeah. Those are quotables. That's for sure. It's true about the feedback. As a coach, I'm jacked to see this app because yeah. I, I get get to yeah. work with so many teachers that I just love the ability to pull that. Well, um, and you know what I do, classes, David? You know, I don't. I this is the thing for coaches too. I don't teach them anything. I just go like this. There's an emoji. Mm-hmm. Make a topic sentence. Yeah. And I give them about a minute and a half, and I go, "Here comes the second one." And they're like, "I'm not done." I don't care if you're done or not. Here comes <laughs> yeah. the second one. Right. If you're ready, you can go on. Right. And then, and then I've got it in Socrative and in Socrative, when I hit start vote, they can all see what everybody wrote. Right. And mm-hmm. so when they feel that energy, I'm like, that's what my class feels like. It's not hard. And then you'll love this. The last round, what do you call cheese? That's not yours. Nacho cheese. Nacho cheese. Yeah. What do you call a paragraph? That's not yours. Nacho paragraph. Nacho yeah. paragraph. 
So we do three rounds, and the final round is a nacho. And what I do is I'll take one of them that needs something. Notice what I said. It's not wrong. It needs something because I don't want to stigmatize that one. But I might take one that's really funny and go, it needs three proper nouns, guys. Go. So I copy that into Socrative. They can copy it because we're not rewriting. We're revising. So in Socrative, they get the question. They can copy that question, add three proper nouns. Or I can go like this. You guys, this one's awesome. I'd love it if it was second person. Mm. This one has a grammar error. See if you can find it. So everybody's ganging up on that one paragraph. It is crazy to see how kids respond to that too. Wow. It's really fun. <laughs> All right. There's a lot to learn yeah, in this episode. Awesome. There's a lot to learn from the stuff that you uh, and it, that you've and done. It, and if you're listening and you've not gone to edge of protocols yet, what are you waiting for? Right. right. So, um, so many good things. Yeah, well, they want to spend 60 a month at Teachers Pay Teachers and then grade oh my up. God, oh, my John, God. I'm so glad you brought that, that up with no time left because we can't go on and on about Maybe it. Maybe we need a second chapter. <laughs> we need to have a part two about <laughs> Teachers Pay Teachers, have to reschedule. Dude. And oh, I'm not my. kidding about Laguna. If you guys show up, I love yeah. having live podcasters there. I'll totally yeah. set you guys up. Okay. Right. We're... What's the date on that? <laughs> uh, July 27, 28. Your airport's going to be Santa Ana. Okay which is deep in the heart of Irvine. Mm -hmm. If you want more info, you can go to eduinnovationleague.com, eduinnovationleague.com, and look around. Awesome. Okay. I know. He's typing it. I'm writing it down. It's faster for me to write than it is to type. We, uh, man, so much stuff. So we're going to have to go through, uh, when I go back through and edit this episode, that the uh, show notes are going to be huge. So... Be on the lookout for that <laughs> as we go through. It'll be yeah, exactly. Book. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's see. Real quick before we finish up, um, Dave, what are you working on right now? What's going on with you? Oh, man. Uh, well, it, depending on when you listen to this, uh, we are finishing up our state testing this week. Uh, and uh, uh, just where it's, you know, it is what it is. And yeah. um, we're getting it done. Uh, we're also in the process of scheduling for next year. Super excited. Uh, we are introducing a career uh, I'm getting to work with an amazing uh, STEM teacher and our learning technology center here in Illinois. And we are putting together a career pipeline for our kids uh, just a little behind the scenes um, in our district. We're a very low income rural district. And so uh, I always say our kids either go to college, they go to the military or they stick around. And so we're trying to create that third path for them. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're in the process of creating this STEM pipeline where the kids are actually going to be certified in several different things where they graduate and could apply that in the workplace. Um, and then I am still working with the Illinois State Museum on uh, all the digitization of their their uh, uh, their different items and how we can make things more engaging. And uh, I'm involved in a new uh, Illinois school leader pipeline program that uh, Ooh, will... Let me know if you need a guest speaker. I got I, I, stuff for you. I mm -hmm. would gladly do that because... Yeah, yeah. It, this uh, is what I love about the Zoom Google Meet revolution. Is yes, I can plug in with you guys and have a really right. good time. Right, I'll hit, I'll hit you up after this because we that that has been our um, that's been a big push. So busy, and I can I can get you more too, not just hmm. not just me. So let me know. Okay, yeah, that would be amazing. What about you, Adam? What are you working on? Oh, uh, going through a senior web developer course at the moment. I have uh, some professional changes coming up this summer uh, that I'm kind of gearing up for. So that's sort of my side project. I also have another project I'm doing for the Illinois State Board. Um, they are 
some sort of behind the times when it comes to no uh yeah when it comes what? to using google and how they do their admin trainings and things like that so that's uh that's a big project that i'm working on right now and uh, and then our secret project dave which i mentioned last time and i haven't done much with but it's still a secret project and i'm still going to talk about it until it happens but it is a secret it is a secret but i'm still going to like just say because you know that makes it more fun yeah um so that's right. So uh, just to, to close up, um, I'm enjoying, as we talked about the distilled earlier, I'm enjoying a little uh, old-fashioned with some Jim Beam. Dave, you, I love you've old got Knob Creek. Oh, old me too. Old-fashioned's the best. They're my favorite. <clears throat> I have Knob Creek, single barrel. fan. I mean, just this has become my favorite bourbon, I think. so. And I was a Buffalo Trace guy forever, and this is the first legit bottle of the single barrel they have, and this has yeah. just been my favorite. So that's what I'm drinking. John, what about you? Uh, when we get done, I'm going to go have a Negroni. <laughs> oh, there you go. Negroni, yes. That is good stuff, too. Yeah, I, stuff. I found it on a Google search for by accident, and I'm in love. So That's awesome. So for people that are listening, a Negroni is Campari, Vermouth, and Gin. Mm-hmm. Equal amounts. So my dyslexic brain so always... So easy. You can't mess it up. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. And then an orange rind. Yep. little orange rind, a little zest. And then I tweak mine a little bit when I'll put a cherry in it and some Luxardo. Yeah. My variation. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's more stuff to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, but again, John, um, how can people find you? Uh, I know you're on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle there? We'll get to that. Uh, it's well. amazing. It's very cryptic. It's at Jay Carippo. Jay Carippo. That is creative. Very um, cryptic. <laughs> and and obviously that's me on the TikTok, too. I've been popping on yep. the TikTok lately. Okay. So check them out on TikTok and your website as well. Edgeprotocols.com. So dot com. Yep. Nice and easy. Definitely. Well, John, thank you so much for taking this chunk of time out of your schedule. I know that you're super busy, uh, but we very, very much appreciate you coming on and spending time to talk about it. What Just such an awesome conversation and one we could for sure continue on another episode if you've ever Absolutely. got time. I, oh, for sure. I love teaching geekery. And, Good. Uh, now that I feel like I know you guys, next time I'll actually drink during the show. So. <laughs> there you go. I don't want to yeah, start yeah. too heavy. I want to build up. Yeah, I hear you. Totally fair. Totally fair. <laughs> well, again, we appreciate having you on. Um, Dave, again, thanks for joining us. Uh, I've, you have to be here. That's part of the deal. Well, I don't um, have to be. Too. No, you don't. But uh, this show would really suck if you weren't. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, you can Thanks. find us uh, you're welcome find us on all your podcast places Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts uh, Spotify Pandora all those places what am I missing Stitcher there's more um, we are also able to be found on edtechdistilled.com the website you can find us on Twitter at, at edtechdistilled right. uh, and hopefully we will see you back in the next episode thanks so much for joining us and we'll catch you next time <laughs>